There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and apologies for anybody who's listening to this live. We had a little technical issue, um, but we're now with you, and I'm delighted that I shall be shortly talking to uh, Dan Cushell about doubling your sales, profits, and time off. Uh, but firstly, I want to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Simon T. Bailey. Uh, Simon talked about shifting your brilliance to the next level. Um, a number of uh, really you know, thought-provoking ideas there about uh, understanding your reason and purpose in life and how reframing past experiences, seeing things as they are, considering the size of your dream. Um, but the one uh, little thought that I had after that show was uh, the idea about how much time are you really sitting in the stands and how much time are you on the pitch making things happen? A nice sports analogy there. So to my guest today, uh, Dan Cashel. Um, Dan... Um, is, uh, is is joining us today to talk about doubling your sales um, and uh, your profits. Uh, Dan is a husband, a dad, a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor. He started and built 11 companies, his first back in 1992. He got his start in direct mail, working with and consulting for health clubs. He's been on many radio and TV shows over the years, including NBC, Spike TV, History Channel, ESPN and more. He's an, he's an expert at helping people uh, build and grow their companies. In fact, after selling two of his companies in the late 2000s, um, he then um, had a little sort of change of thought, which was following a, a health scare. So he now spends his time working with fun projects, including uh, working with uh, Joe Polish and the Genius Network. He describes himself as a servant leader who leads by coaching, driving, execution and teamwork. And uh, that means uh, for you is how to convert more leads, generate more sales, improve your profits um, so that you can make a greater impact and contribution. So uh, a huge welcome to the show today uh, to Dan Cashel. Chris, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you today. Uh, wonderful talking with you, Dan. And uh, thanks for bearing it with us while we had those technical issues earlier. Um, great talking to you. So you're living in Arizona, is that correct? That's right. I am fortunate and blessed to be here. Uh, this time of year is just beautiful. The summers get a little hot. And, you know, uh, it's a dry heat, as they say, <laughs> but hot. hot. <laughs> but this next six to eight months is just beautiful. Oh, lovely. Well, we've gone from a, a nice summer to uh, to cold and damp and autumnal over here. So a bit of warmth sounds great. Uh, Dan, do you want to start by telling us a bit about your background and how you got into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, I'd love to. And again, Chris, it's a, a privilege. Obviously, you know, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. You know, what we do as entrepreneurs is we solve problems, right? You can tell the size of the person by the obstacles it takes to knock them off track. And, you know, I think for me, as I recall, what you know, I think there's cause and effect in things. And, you know, I look back at my my uh, childhood, in fact, is I think what's stirred it up, if you will, and that's what it was. It stirred me up. Uh, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit, which is in Michigan, and I was in a bad part of town. Uh, and my dad worked for the, one of the largest auto companies in the world. He was a line worker. He's a laborer. My dad worked really, really hard uh, to, to provide for our family, but I watched the uncertainty 
and the instability and the insecurity of him getting laid off about nine times. And I don't know, as you're listening right now, if you've ever been in a place where you, you know, your family's in a scenario where you're struggling and you, you know, are robbing Peter to pay Paul or you're, you know, I remember standing in line with food stamps, um, you know, having to buy food and getting laughed at and, and, and so on. And so when I was younger, I remember Chris, Chris being in a position where I reevaluated everything. And I knew one thing, I didn't want to work for the man. I didn't want to work for a big company. I wanted to do and pursue something differently. Now, sports at that time was really big in my life. So I thought my way out of the city was going to be playing, uh, you know, pro sports or pro baseball. And I pursued that dream. Uh, as a kid, but thankfully along that journey, my dad introduced me to personal development. I remember attending my per- first personal development event at 10 years old. I can picture the event today. It was a baseball clinic with Ron Ostrike and his um, uh, assistant coach named Roger Coriel. And I can remember the manual we got. And I can picture one of the pages in that manual even today because it had that big of an impact. And at the top of the page, it said PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. And one of the first sentences says, success in sports, in baseball, and in life is over 90% mental, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was other things tied to it, which we, you know, kind of opened the show is, you know, tell the size of the person by the obstacles it takes to knock them off track. And so the, the reality is, is that we all have choices, and for me, that was a gateway to, you know, look at doing things a better way. And I think as entrepreneurs, right, I mean, you do that with your show, with the incredible community that you've built up here, Chris, the ability to go out and, okay, what is a better way? I think that's an insati- we're insatiably curious and go, there's got to be a better way. Okay, what is a better way? And we find solutions to problems. We see things that other people don't see. And so my first company, I started out of college. I had 22 years old. And, you know, I did it because I had worked in a direct mail company. I thought I could do, you know, some things better that that company was doing. You know, the old idea of building a better mousetrap. And I I fell in love with, you know, direct response marketing and what you could do with putting messaging on paper. At that time, there was no real Internet to speak of. Uh, Put messaging on a paper and get people to respond. And so that's how I started my company. It was in direct mail, creating a better mousetrap. That was the first of 11 companies. And today I'm, you know, really blessed and fortunate to work with Genius Network and Joe Polish after exiting and selling a couple of my companies in the late 2000s. Fantastic. It's, it's wonderful hearing that your dad, you know, took you to that event at, at age 10. And, you know, I'm sort of, so I was smiling to myself, but I was reminiscing really of my childhood because my dad was a steel worker and the steelworks my father going out on strike and things being being tough yeah. and uh, there was a t- particular moment where my father took me to an open evening at the steelworks and uh, there I was a young boy probably of about 10 and um, my father had never even seen the, the chief executive before he'd only seen him in pictures and he walked into the room and he walked straight over to us and he didn't go to talk to my dad. He came over to me and he said to me, he said, uh, hello, son, are you enjoying yourself? I said, yes. He said, when you grow up, would you like to work here? And I said, you must be joking. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, his face dropped. I just saw this filthy, dirty environment. And, and I thought, I never want to work there. And my yeah. father, my yeah. father was angry with me all the way home, I remember, to this day. But that moment spurred me on to to want to do better things with my life, really, rather than work in a steelworks, which uh, was very filthy and very hard work. Yeah. 
And, you know, and I love, you know, my, my dad, he, you know, also wanted better for us. I'm sure your dad and most of our parents did. And, right, and, did. you know, yeah. I'm grateful for that encouragement that we got to, you know, look at how can we do something better. And, uh, yeah. And I think it's not, it's not, this wasn't necessarily the, say, the environment. I think it was actually that my dad, what I saw with my dad was that he would go to work and work so hard and not enjoy it. And he'd work double yeah. shifts to earn enough money for us to be able to go on a holiday once each year. And that's what I didn't like about it, really, was seeing how hard he, he kind of toiled with it and, and that he didn't love it. Yeah, and I mean, there's something to be said about that, right? You know, as, as a kid, as, you, know, you know, I know Dan Sullivan is one of our Genius Network members. He runs a company called Strategic Coach. He says, you know, you want to spend your time working in your unique ability. In Genius Network, we call that working in your genius, which means you are excel at it. It charges you up, and it's almost effortless. And the more time we spend doing that, the less time we don't, the more time we will enjoy it, or what we call it Genius Network creating an elf business, which is easy, lucrative, and fun, versus a half business, which is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Mm. And we, talk, we talked about you, you, you created these 11 different businesses, and I should just quickly mention, you had, you had that, that health scare you mentioned, and it was a bit of an epiphany for you. What, what was that about? Well, yeah, it was a wake-up call, and the short version is, you know, that, uh, you know, I woke up uh, two weeks after my son Kyler was born with chest pains. I ended up in a hospital spent four days, had to sign a disclaimer, said I had a one in X chance of dying on the table with uh, a heart procedure, and it got me to reevaluate everything. And, you know, that was really a turning point, a turning moment in my career and in, in my business path that I know after the break we can talk about uh, when we come back about, you know, what you can learn from turning point moments and how you can grow and build a bigger future, a better future, by turning adversity into something great. Yeah, yeah, makes some um, makes a lot lot of sense. So we're going to go to a commercial break now. Um, but after the commercial break, um, what I'd like to really start to get into is some of the lessons that Dan had uh, with those businesses. And I also want to explore, Dan. You t- said to me that traditional sales and marketing is now dead. So that's that was a good subject to come back to after the break as well. Understand yeah. how we should be doing it differently. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Dan Cashel. Uh, Dan, you were just telling us before we uh, broke up actually a little bit about your health scare. Do you want to just you know, finish what you were saying there? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I ended up waking up, uh, you know, with chest pains one morning, two weeks after my son Kyler was born. My daughter was two. And I called my doctor and said, hey, I'm having some chest tightness. And uh, he said, well, why don't you get over to the to the hospital just for precautionary? So I go over, imagine walking in, I sit down and they say, what's going on? I got a little tightness. They start doing some diagnostics. And next thing you know, all hell breaks loose. And they get me on a gurney. I've got all kinds of these diodes all over me. It's almost like a panic. They were even a little bit, it seemed, more panicked than I was. And, I mean, it just went on. And then, I, you know, it was a day stay, a two-day stay, a three-day stay. And on the third day, the doctor, you know, came in and said, hey, we want to do this procedure. And I had to sign a disclaimer. It said I had a one in X chance of dying on the table. And, you know, in conversion rates of marketing, that one in X chance would not be a you know, even a blip on the radar, we would like consider that a failing campaign. But when it, you add the words chance of dying to the end of the statement, it, for me anyway, it got my attention. It scared the hell out of me, Chris. And what ended up happening was I, I remember, you know, being awake all night, um, sobbing in uh, different points through the night, writing what I thought might be part of my last will. Um, I went through a lot of different stages of anxiety and depression. You know, I think they call it DAPDAR in the book, Death and Dying, Denial, Anger, Bargaining, um, um, Depression. Uh, and then ultimately you get to uh, anger and, and then a response. And my response is I finally came out of it going, okay, when I come out of this, I'm going to make some changes. And for me, I started really thinking clearly about that. After that experience, I ended up hiring another coach. Her name's Christy Lopez. She's here in Phoenix, Arizona. And we started working together. And she got me to really think about three key questions. And every decision I make today, Chris, is based on these three questions. The foundation of business for me. It's the foundation of my personal life. The foundation of the things I choose to do or not do. And, you know, the number one question is, what do I want? Not what did my 175 employees want in three different cities and states, but what did I want? Not what did my ex-wife want? Not what did my kids want? But what did I want? And I had to get selfish to become selfless. And when you take the time to take care of you, you can take care of others. It's the old thing, you can't love someone else, you love yourself first. But uh, getting clear on what do I want uh, was the cornerstone. The second question is, who am I? Not the titles, not the labels, not the CEO stuff, not that, but who am I at the core as a human being, at the core essence, like those sorts of things. And then the third is, what do I stand for? And these relate to the values. And so every decision today is filtered through those things. What do I want? Who am I? What do I stand for? And it really creates a great foundation, not only personally, but also professionally, to be able to say things, say yes to the things that matter, and also no to the things that you know may not fit uh, overall uh, within within that structure. So uh, that 
to me was probably one of the more important things in my life. Since that time, I took you know, I ended up selling my companies two years later. I sold two companies, exited, got some you know I got a lot of blessings and the good fortune to take some time off. And uh, you know, was able to work on my health. I lost you know over seventy pounds uh, to date. I was able to spend time as a dad, really a full time dad, as a result mm-hmm. in many ways. And then started working on fun projects. And you know, I, I've been a part of Joe's Genius Network for many you know five years as a as a client, in fact. And took two years off as a break, and then I came back into the group. And then about four years ago, Joe and I decided to team up and you know, grow the company, grow Genius Network together. And it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun and been a real blessing to be able to do that. Excellent. They're, they're very, very good questions that. So you, so you decided at that point that you didn't want to have lots of businesses. You wanted to have more time with your family, but yes, you know, work, work with someone else on something special. Is that? That's exactly right. I mean, one example of that, Chris, is, you know, in a situation even now working and being teamed up with Joe on, on Thursdays and Friday afternoons, Almost every single week, I leave at about the office between two thirty and about three ish, and I go spend the rest of the day with my kids and you know give myself that focus time to really bond and connect with my kids who at this point are eleven and nine, and uh, you know I've been able to do that for many years now uh, overall. But it's creating better rituals. Like you know, one thing I've discovered about me, man, I'm I'm a I'm an obsessive compulsive, uh, probably addictive in many ways. And you know, I, I even heard Joe say that I, you know, we most entrepreneurs have the respectable addiction called workaholism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I had that addiction and probably a couple others. I won't go into those details on that today. But you know, I have an addictive personality, and so I had to create better rituals basically to protect me, well, from me. <laughs> uh, and, and sabotaging myself and, you know, going down the wrong rabbit holes. And so I've now built these rituals. Part of those rituals are my family, the quality of life. You know, I wake up most days 5, 5.30. I get my exercise in, you know, whether that's cardio or, or, or uh, circuit training, mixed with reading, mixed with writing. You know, so imagine starting your day with things that are important to you. For me, those happen to be exercise, reading, and writing. And usually I get that done in the first 30 to 60 minutes of my day. And so I'm bookending one side of the day, and on the end of my day, the other bookend is the quality family time, Chris, that you just alluded to. So it's, you know, being present with my kids, enjoying the moment, and then reflecting on it. The best way for me, because I'm insatiably a guy over the years that's, I mean, just being, you know, real here, I have not always enjoyed the ride or the journey. I've been more of the achiever type that I hit a certain goal and cross it off my list, and it's like, okay, got that done, what next? And what I found, Chris, is, you know, after I, you know, sold my companies, I also went through a state of, like, uncertainty because I was unfulfilled and going, is this all there is, right? Is this really, like, you know, and I remember sitting in the back of a boat with Richard Branson for, you know, half an hour having a conversation with two other guys on this trip uh, out overseas, and after that was done, I remember thinking to myself, like it's a light, and it was a lifelong dream. And then the next thing I know, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, is this all there is? What next?" <laughs> and that's sad. Like, and that, you know, maybe you're there, and okay, you think that's the way to get. For me, I chose that that isn't what I wanted to be anymore. So at the end of my day today, I very consciously think of a couple key questions. In fact, we, with my kids and my family at dinners, we ask versions of these five questions regularly, which is, "What am I grateful for right now? What am I happy about right now?" What have I done well today? Um, what 
mistakes that I make today and what did I learn from it? And I do these things not only for me, and they're a huge benefit to me to be thinking, okay, what am I grateful for today? What am I happy of? It keeps me in that moment of really being present and really tapping into what that means and what life means, and also being a better leader and example for my kids so that they are starting their life essentially with these frameworks and this foundation. Because if you can't be a good leader at home, you're not going to be a good leader in your company. And for me, that's really important to lead by example. Not that I'm perfect, and because I make a, a, a boatload of mistakes and have over the years, but those two things, bookending the front end of my day, the way I described in booking the back end of the day with this you know, set of rituals and questions, uh, I think really, for me, has created you know, a lot of peace, a lot of opportunity, growth, certainty, significance, purpose, you know, the ability to contribute more, have a bigger impact. You know, just making some slight shifts in the, in the game. Yeah. Uh, great, great questions. Those uh, uh, you might be interested. A few weeks ago, I was in Africa and spent some time with the Maasai tribe. And one of the things I loved was their ritual. Beginning every day, a ritual together. They're reminding themselves about what's important, how they're going to be paid with their community, um, how, uh, how they're going to treat strangers, uh, what they're going to sort of achieve and they do it every day it's just part of their their, their ritual and there's really something in that isn't there reminding ourselves yeah. of what's important um we've just got a few minutes to commercial break but i want to ask you you know you what, what did you what did you learn about um you know business growth um through your business career i know it's three minutes we'll have to come back to it after the break and then i'd like to get on to sales and marketing but what did you what did you learn about business growth what are the keys to it well, I think there's a few, right? I mean, you know, there's dozens of different techniques, but a couple of the most important ones that I've discovered, uh, and I think I heard Joe say this. So number one is that, you know, there's uh, no correlation between being good and getting paid. A lot yeah. of people think, well, if I'm a good X, whatever X might be, I'm a good plumber, I'm a good carpet cleaner, I'm a good X, I deserve to get paid. And that just isn't true. And that there are six key core things in a business, at least from my perspective, six core key areas that you've got to make sure that are seasoned well. Not that you do them, but they're a part of your business model. Uh, so that there's a huge difference between being good and getting paid. The other is that, you know, you can be a 10% person or you can be a 10 times person. I think I heard Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach or Peter Diamandis or both have their version of this. Uh, Grant Cardone teaches a version of the 10 times mindset or person as well, but it's the difference, Chris, between being a transactional focused mindset or a linear focused mindset or a transformational mindset or exponential or geometrical mindset. It's easier to go 10 times, as I've heard Dan Sullivan say, a strategic coach, than it is to go 2%. You know, a lot of us, you know, don't make big enough looks at how can we, what would have to have, one of the best questions in business, all of what would have to happen in order for X and then fill in the blank? So instead of focusing on just a couple percent or improvements in growth, well, what would have to happen for me to get 10 times growth in the next 12 to 24 months? And you know what? We will start to come up with the answers when we start to make that shift in that focus. The third one that I would share before we go to break is the old Peter Drugger quote, which is business has two functions. Uh, marketing and innovation, and everything else is an expense. <laughs> <laughs> like it. 
like it. It's really uh, good wisdom in there. I'm interested in what those six core things are as well when we come back after the break. Um, so we are going to go to commercial break now and uh, look forward to coming back with you in just a couple of minutes. And let's look at those core things and let's look at uh, Dan's views on sales and marketing as well. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Dan Cashel. We're talking about W sales, profits, and time off. Uh, Dan, I've got to get straight into asking you this question. You mentioned uh, there three great points around uh, growing a business. And the first one was no correlation between being good and getting paid. And uh, I think I really kind of home in on that one. And you mentioned there were six core things to uh, that you've got to really make sure are in place within a business. Uh, do you want to share what those are? Some I'd love to. I, yeah, I'd love to, Chris. I, you know, in, every business in the industry has a unique model, and so, but within those models, there are some core fundamental uh, areas that need to be there. In my opinion, as I've assessed, you know, I've been fortunate to coach over five thousand three hundred twenty-nine small business owners and entrepreneurs in my career. And I've been able to interview over 700 of the top most successful entrepreneurs in the world. And in the last couple of years, I've been able to uh, interview over 200 people who come in as candidates to Genius Network as part of our, our application model. And so I've discovered and learned some different things from all these things. It's not that I claim to have been, invented it. You know, Truth be told, I didn't invent any of this stuff. But the six key areas that I've noticed that the successful companies focus on versus the ones that aren't as successful in no particular order, these six are sales, marketing, right, uh, leadership, mindset, which is also tied around emotional mastery, uh, hiring, which another word for hiring is recruiting, and then six is productivity, mm. right? So it doesn't mean that you have to be an expert at all those six areas. But that your focus, your team, or the people you surround yourself with in your team have an expertise in those. And then people said, well, Dan, what's the 80-20 in, the, in those six areas? I would certainly say sales and marketing. Um, 
because it's a little hinge that can swing a big door. It can give you the ability to scale. You know, one of my mentors in the early years taught me this idea of the wealth formula, which are three components. One, uh, put yourself in a position to speak to large groups of people at a time. Like this show that you've created, Chris, gives you a platform to be able to do that. It's an effective use of a large platform to speak to large groups of people at a time. Second is, second part of the wealth formula says, you know, put yourself in a position where you speak, uh, you know, one-to-many versus one-to-one, right? And then the third part of that says, you know, find your, your, uh, your superpower, or Dan Sullivan calls it unique ability, genius network, we call it your genius, and spend your time doing more of that, uh, you know, in the long run. So the six key areas, sales, marketing, leadership, productivity, hiring, slash recruiting, and mindset. So what would happen, as you're listening right now, what would happen if you had a 1% improvement in those six key areas each week or each month for the next 12 months, which is 1%, right? What would happen is if you had a 1% improvement, and you're like right now, if you go through and rate those six on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being greatest, you can do this assessment, come back to the show and listen to this, and go through this section, because it's one of the most powerful exercises you could do. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being greatest, rate your, your current ability in your company to have a selling model, a marketing model, leadership, hiring, recruiting, mindset, right, and productivity. Well, if you're not a 10 yet, well, then go, okay, well, what would have to happen in order for it to be a 10? And jot down the first, you know, one to three ideas that would have to happen. And then focus, okay, what would happen if I just made a 1% improvement per week or per month for the next 12 months? And you chart this over the next 12 months. I will share with you, if you will take that kind of, what, what happens is not linear growth in your company, it's exponential growth. Now, I first learned this strategy, this exponential geometric concept, actually from Rick Pitino and Pat Riley, who are basketball coaches. Uh, because I'm a huge sports fan, and so I had studied some of their work, and they talked about how on their teams, they didn't demand their teams to make these, you know, dramatic 100% improvements or 70. They talked about it in the small improvements, the little hinges, you swing the big doors that create the exponential change, because it, it's like taking a penny. Here's the simple idea. If you take a penny and double it each day, at the end of like 27 days, you've got over a million dollars. At the end of 30 days, you've got multiple millions of dollars because of geometric growth, exponential growth. And the same thing can happen in this type of simple model, 1% improvement weekly or monthly over the course of 12 months charted in six categories. It's amazing what can happen. So there you go. Exponential growth. You didn't, you didn't mention that finance or cash flow in any kind of way. Does that, that comes as a consequence of focusing on sales presumably. Yeah, that, so that's a great, I've been asked that before. So I look at that as a separate component. So it is a component to uh, chart. Like, you know, I've had people say, well, Dan, in all your years of running 11 companies and, you know, the things you've done, like if you were going to track finances and cash flow, what are like a couple of the key critical ones? Well, I mean, I'll, and I'll share these, these with you. I mean, this took a lot of years. And, you know, I've had some failures along the way, Chris. I, again, I don't claim to have perfected any of these. I didn't invent these myself. I've just learned, and I, you know, I, I like to think that I've gotten better over the course of my history uh, because of some of the failures that I've had. And I'd love to share those with you to help you avoid those as you're watching or listening to the show today, uh, right now. Uh, number one is a concept called revenue per team member, right? 
And every industry has a standard in their industry. And you want to find out maybe what that is in your particular industry, right? So it's revenue per team member, right? And, you know, like, for example, in the industry that we're in, you know, you'll find companies that, you know, are very successful, you know, stock market type companies that are, you know, like close to $100,000 per employee. And, of course, there's some that are more and some that are less. But you want to find whatever that standard is. But look and chart revenue per employee. Um, you know, for example, our particular company and our particular industry, we, you know, have grown quite a bit from, say, a low six-figure range to now being, we're pushing closer to almost seven-figure revenue per employee or team member in the company. So when you do that, you have an amazing growth in, in your company. So that's one focus. Number two is the percentage of payroll, including, you know, you as the owner, entrepreneur, if that's what you are, but percentage of payroll to the revenue in the company, collected revenue in the year. So every industry does have a standard, but I have found in just about all industries, if you can keep your payroll at 25% or less of the total net revenue you bring in, your company will have sustainable profitability over the long term, regardless of cycles, regardless of ups and downs, regardless of commoditization and changes in legalization and you know, policies and all these different things worldwide, if you focus on you know, 25% or less payroll to net revenue collected in the you know, monthly or annual basis, you can't help but build a sustainable, long-term, profitable company. So those are two fundamental key uh, strategies from a cash flow perspective, Chris, that I don't, I don't know that I've heard anybody teach these. But these are uh, found in uh, analyzing financial data for myself and looking at what worked, what didn't, as a gauge for me. Because I'm also a minimizer, uh, meaning I'm a simplifier. I like to do the, I'm a minimalist that likes to focus on doing the least to get the most, or multiplication by subtraction. And from a cash flow uh, finance point of view, those just happen to be a couple that I have found to work really effectively in an exponential way. Uh, I think those are absolutely brilliant, actually. Um, I think I think they're going to be sitting on my next financial report for the next month. Um, <laughs> so um, I think. Yeah, the uh, other thing, you know, the thing that you know sucks about finances, and you know, most people go the accounting route, and they'll get an accountant, but you're you know really reviewing past data, right? Which is one side of the the financial uh, analysis to look at, but the other side is how do you get projection, right? And how do you project what's going to happen? Well, one way the history. Uh, the past does help determine the, the the future, so you can learn a lot by doing that. But the best scenario to, to work with, from my experience, is to create a projection model, not a historical model, or yes. use historical to create projection models. And uh, you know, so I, I would say that's another, you know, that's more of a psychology or mindset factor for for business owners to make the shift from getting reporting data to getting data that gives you projection. So you can actually make decisions moving forward, uh, not react. You know, it's moving from proactive from reactive. And that's, you know, with the, the, the couple things here, I give you the ability to those two things that I mentioned, I feel allow me at least, and maybe you as you're listening right now, and Chris may be in the case for you too, will allow you to project better when you, you know, understand what are you going for with your revenue per team member? What are you going for with your percentage of payroll in your company compared to the revenue that you're collecting? And, you know, it, it, it works really, really well. And, again, the percentages may shift based on your industry, and the numbers may shift 
but it gives you a great baseline. If you start with those two numbers, I mean, those, those are a great gauge for building a sustainable long-term business, profits, all those sorts of things. I think that's, that's very helpful. I think, but I think there's also there's a question there. It puts um, a focus on the employee, but it also comes puts a focus on the people who are designing the nature of the business to make sure the model's correct in the first place. Uh, and uh, you know that suggests that you need you know kind of recurring revenues as well as if you're a professional services firm, for example, than daily rates. Um, so, yes, uh, I mean, like for example, we had John Paul DeJoria who spoke at our annual event here recently, and you know, John Paul, I think sums up what you just said, Chris, incredibly well. All of us are, you know, it's, if we're really building a, a great entrepreneurial company, we're not in the order business; we're in the reorder business. Because what would have yes. to happen for you to be in the reorder business right now, uh, overall, that? you get people to become recurring clients. You know, there's a certain focus on your client, and there's a big difference even the definition between client and customer, and I know we can talk about that too if you want. Yes, yes. Um, so, cool, cool. Could you tell us a little bit about um, about Genius Network? What's that about, about networking? Because that's one of the things you, uh, you know, you, um, you, you know, see is very important, isn't it? This uh, ability to get have a network of people that can really help you develop yeah, and grow? I, yeah, I, my belief, and again, I've learned this from Joe, being a part of Joe's community. I, uh, uh, all of us have a genius network, right? And a, a genius network can help you and I solve any problem. You know, the question isn't what or how, it's who. And if you can remember that, that starts your genius network. So whatever level you're at, whatever you're at in the world, whatever communities you're in, you have your own genius network. Start with the who, not the what or how. And, you know, let's give an example. Let's say you're wanting to solve a health problem. Right now you could sit down and identify who are five to eight key people who could help me solve this problem right now. And that's your Genius Network. Now, the higher up you go, you may decide that, you know, our community, Genius Network, officially becomes the community you want to be a part of, like the other couple hundred entrepreneurs that are part of it. And we can spend more time. I think we've got a, you know, a break or something coming up, but... Uh, everyone has a genius network, and a genius network can solve every problem. And it's not the what or the how; it's the who that is a great first question to start with. Hey, so what I've done just because we started a little bit later, I've actually um, stopped the, uh, the the next break. So we're going to go all the way through. So you can just just tell us a little bit more about this uh, this concept of of networking and working with others and how that helps. Because uh, you know we've got this idea of genius network, but you know the people all over the world listening to this who just may want to make sure they're connecting with others who can really help them with this exponential growth. Yeah, you know, so you know, as a as a uh, human being, you know, we thrive on a tribe, and the beauty is is that we can all work to, and you know, the other side of it, the gift and the curse of the entrepreneur is we're rugged individualists. <laughs> right, you can solve problems. We have more ideas in a, you know a couple minutes than most people do in months, and you know that's part of our gift. But it's also part of our curse that we will isolate ourselves. It can be a lonely place at times. Um, and, and so, what a genius network philosophy or psychology is really about, Chris, is really going into a place of connecting collaborating and contributing. Because the other thing that I know about entrepreneurs really well, I mean, first of all, if you're listening right now, think about when you realize at your core that you were different, that you were unique, right? And one of our members, uh, Alex Charfin, 
uh, in our community. He talks about this as the entrepreneurial personality type. And I, I don't have time to go into all of it now, but you can probably remember almost to the day, just like I described my scenario earlier, I remember being about 10 years old uh, when you know my dad got laid off. I remember being standing in line with food stamps going, you know, I'm going to do it different. And, and then from there it became a quest. You know, Chris, you heard him describe his dad's scenario and, and being in that plant and them asking the question. He said, I, I don't see myself working here. That was when he knew. When did you know? So entrepreneurs have this in, in, instinct that we know when that happens. Number two is when we connect. Our, our, our number one come from, I think, as entrepreneurs is to go out and really contribute and add value in the world. And so there's no better way that I have found to do that when I've been conscious of it. Now, I've been unconscious where I made the mistake of not tapping into a genius network of some kind. But for me, what I recommend, Chris, is, you know, in your community, wherever you are, is find a tribe or create your tribe of people that you can, you know, there's three components of our genius network that people talk about, you know, all over the world, some of the highest level people. You know, why do we have people like Tony Robbins who just come to speak at our community? You know, he charges almost a million dollars to speak, but that's not what happens when he comes to our event. He comes because he wants to be in our tribe with us and help contribute mm. to it because we've done and created value for him. Or Damon John, who spoke at our event recently, or Jay Abraham, uh, who you know is regarded as one of the top business growth minds in the world today, and, and, and so many others. But it's three core things in our genius network that we've gotten known for. Number one is connection, right? And whether it's our genius network or you create your own, is think about how you can help provide connection for people in whatever niche or industry that you're in. You know, uh, Number two is collaboration. You know, there's, you know, is there anything better that you can think of as an entrepreneur than, you know, brainstorming with another, you know, like-minded peer at a high level? I mean, what a great chemistry that is. That's what this conversation is in many ways, right? Is us brainstorming, riffing, having a conversation about it. So collaborating, and then lastly is contributing. At our core, I think our DNA is about connection as an entrepreneur, a collaborative process, and also uh, contributing and adding value to the world. So either find a community that allows you to use those three core values or create one, or as you grow up in your business, you know, model and, you know, have some success, you certainly we'd be honored if you checked us out at geniusnetwork.com as well. And, uh, you know, if it were a good fit for you, good fit for us, you know, then I, ideally we could help each other uh, get your next big breakthrough, your next big business breakthrough, your next big personal breakthrough because at the end of the day, I think the Jim Rohn quote says it best, Chris, which is, you know, our companies will only grow to the extent that we do. <laughs> such a yeah. such great wisdom there. And, and is it just, I mentioned it a little earlier and I didn't, um, I didn't address it, but you, you said to me that traditional sales and marketing is now dead. Is it, you know, is it, uh, is non-traditional sales, does that involve more connection, collaboration and contribution? Yes, I think that that's part of it for for certain. And you know, I'll give you a couple frameworks to think about. You know, traditional marketing. First of all, you know, when you think of marketing, as you're listening right now, what do you think of? Right? What do you think of marketing? So let's start with what is marketing. What what is marketing? You know, marketing. One way you can look at it in a simple way is storytelling, right? Yep. And those companies that can tell a better story and or they can tell their story as it relates. Because, you know, I, don't, I also don't believe we're in the B2B business or the B2C business, right? Business 
to business or business to consumer, as it's often been referred to. We're in the P2P business, person to person, right? So that's it, a psychological uh, mindset factor to be thinking about. We're in the person to person business, right? So people buy from people. They don't buy from companies, although companies can have a brand, but effective marketing is storytelling. And as a person to person, what is your personal story? And what is your company's story? And when you can tell a better story about you as it relates or your company, you're going to have a greater opportunity to succeed. You're also going to differentiate yourself, and we can talk more about that. But going deeper with marketing, you know, I, I love Joe Polish's definition on marketing, which is uh, marketing is what you do to get someone on the phone or face-to-face with you, right? And they're pre-positioned, pre-motivated, predisposed, pre-qualified, and ready to do business with you. Right mm. now, what is selling on the opposite? Because some people confuse selling right with marketing. Well, selling is different. Selling is influence number one. And then I love Dan Sullivan's definition. Selling is getting someone intellectually engaged in a future result that's good for them, so they emotionally commit to take action to achieve that result. Or as Joe says, and selling is what you do when you get someone on the phone or face to face with you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you know. We're all in marketing, like, you know, in America, we have American football, right? And, you know, it's all about field position. So in American football, when someone kicks the ball to the end zone and then runs it out, say, 10 yards, now you've got 90 more yards, almost the whole length of the field to go to put it in the end zone and score. Well, if you catch it down at the goal line on the kickoff and return it 90 yards and now only have 10 yards to go, you've got a shorter amount to go. So that's sales and marketing. All of us have marketing in our business. Some of us are really good at taking it the full length of the field, so now really we don't need as much selling going on. So good marketing helps you overcome uh, the need or the necessity for selling. So the other part of it, here's a simple way to look. I think the feature of all great businesses are based on the backbone, I'll call it the new trend of marketing. I didn't invent this either. Um, you know, Joe is the best example of someone I've seen in the publishing world that does it education-based marketing. Now, what is education-based marketing? It's a value-focused mindset, and it's built around content marketing. You know, some people have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. Joe interviewed Gary, and, you know, Gary's very popular. He wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Book. Well, what is that? Well, that's education-based marketing, although he doesn't call it that. It's education-based marketing, where if you look at the philosophy of Jab, 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 Right Book, it's Jab is a content piece. Jab is a content piece. Jab is a content piece. Right hook is now make an offer. So it's 75% content value, add value, then make offers. So it's a psychology of having a long-term sustainable approach. Or another visual you could use to look at it, it's the difference between, like, if we want to build a fire. Well, I know people, they try to build a fire. Whether they do, they get a couple logs set up, they strike a match, and they throw the match at the logs to try to catch them on fire. That's one around. That's traditional marketing. Today's marketing, education-based marketing, is, okay, I've got a match and I've got a piece of paper. Let me light the piece of paper. Let me start by doing that. Now I get the paper. I've got a fire with the paper. Now I take some kindling. I put the kindling on top of that, that piece of paper that's burning. And now I get the kindling burning. And it's burning and it's smoldering and it's burning and it's smoldering. Now I might put a little more kindling on top of that. And again, this is more of a longer-term approach, a sustainable approach. Now you've got a little bit of a flame, you've got a little bit of a fire, you've got some heat coming off the paper, the kindling that's been built up a little bit. Now you've got a flame. Now I can go get a log, and I can put a log on top. 
So it's a relationship focus. It's a transformational focus versus a transactional or linear focus or a short-term transactional type thing. And here's the reality, Chris, and you know this as well as anybody. I've heard it from some of the shows and the interviews you've done and the great work that you're doing. People don't cancel relationships. When you focus on the relationship side, again, the P2P in your business, not the B2C or the B2B, the P2P, people do not cancel relationships. Education-based marketing helps you forge those relationships, puts you in the reorder business, allows you to differentiate yourself, allows you to now tell a better story, not because you have to tell a better story, but you have people, your clients, helping provide those stories, being your ambassadors, sharing your story, maybe even better than you. Fantastic. Dan, we've got a, just, a, just a minute left. Could I, could I ask if you've got a final message for us? Well, I think uh, a final message. Well, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege to be with you here, Chris. I mean, I feel like we could spend hours and hours and, you know, just scratch the surface. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Disney. I read, read one of his books, and, you know, uh, I think this holds true for all of us. You know, the idea that you can steal the ideas, but you can't steal the magic. And the reality yeah. is you're listening right now. You've got magic. Figure out what that magic is, that superpower, that unique ability, that genius. Amplify it, accelerate it, build upon it, grow it. And don't worry about all the other noise around it. Uh, apply the six key areas, the 1% uh, improvement that we talked about. Identify the question, what would happen if you focused on a 10 times result? What would have to happen for that to be true? And most importantly, be elf easy, lucrative, and fun to deal with in your business versus half hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Dan, it's been awesome talking to you. Some really fantastic content. I've made loads of notes. I'll be referring lots of people to this interview. Uh, and it's very clear we've got to have you back again at some point in the uh, not-too-distant future. Um, I decided to just uh, give your links out, Dan, um, before the show ends. Um, for more information on Dan Cashel and the Genius Network, go to www.dancashel.com. That's uh, Dan and then K-U-S- C-H-E-L-L.com, uh, GeniusNetwork.com, if you want to find out more about uh, Genius Network. And also, just to mention, on next week's show, we have Tim Luscombe, who's an expert on mergers and acquisitions. He's going to tell us how to prepare our businesses for sale. Uh, Dan, I hope you've enjoyed being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And if anybody got any thoughts on the show um, or um, just want to share any thoughts, you know, do get in touch with me. I love to hear from people uh, and I wish you all a wonderful week. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.